Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, great evening. I have competition tonight. At precisely 9 o'clock, the time of my show beginning is the time that President Trump will address the nation on border security. Uh, so, I would like, I would enjoy watching President Trump, but uh, my show is more important to me. I'll pick up what he has had to say later on on later news releases this evening. Uh, for those of you who are not with me at this particular moment, because you're, you are watching the president, you well know that I'm, the show is immediately archived, and you can watch it later tonight, tomorrow morning, anytime you want. So tonight's a big night besides the president imposing on my time. Isn't that a terrible thing to say? But he is. He's imposing on my time in this show. I'm going to talk. I'm going to hit on things like shutting down uh, the government, the wall, uh, hurricane relief failure, especially as regards the most recent hurricane, Michael, uh, the and something interesting, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Even though I missed Christmas on this, there are some things I just learned since Christmas about Rudolph that I want to share with you. And, of course, last night's Clemson-Alabama football game. Wild, absolutely terrific game. Then a Hemingway uh, quote uh, regarding for whom the bell tolls. He lived here for 10 years. He wrote uh, with regard to for whom the bell tolls while he lived here in Key West. Interesting quote by the man. And I'm also, if I still have time, this is Literary Evening. I'm getting into Herman Melville and Moby Dick because it applies to some things I want to share this evening. And if I have further time, I'm going to talk about the many female CEOs in this country, especially especially in the major military-industrial complexes. The women are leading the, the industry. Uh, they're big in Congress now. There's 100 of them in the House of Representatives. It's time for a, a female president. Uh, we men have screwed up the world. We've screwed up the government. We've done enough things. It's time for the ladies uh, to have a shot at this thing. And so, beginning now, William Shakespeare, William Shakespeare said, and I quote, a fool thinks himself to be wise. I repeat, a fool thinks himself to be wise. I say that with relation to Donald Trump. I believe he is a fool. He thinks he's so smart. He is not. You know it, and I know it. He's a man who creates a problem, creates a crisis. He does it all the time. He does it every week. Sometimes he does it several days in a row. Generally, they're based on lies, falsehoods. The wall, this wall, this wall is becoming such a pain in the ass, excuse the way I put it. Uh, in the last few days, he and his people have mentioned 4,000 terrorists have come across that wall in recent time. 4,000! That's a lot. Then they brought, they brought it down 1,000 to 3,000 terrorists have come across that southern border. Turns out, turns out that the government keeps records on these things. And the government records say that with regard to the southern border, for the six, first six months of last year, they don't have the, the release of the information yet for the second half, but for the first six months of last year, not 4,000, not 3,000, not 2,000, not 1,000, six people who could be labeled as terrorists came across the southern border of the United States. Now, 
big time fabrication from six to four thousand. Also, interestingly, the same report said if there is a problem and it's of greater magnitude, it's the Canadian border where 41 persons uh, who could be labeled as terrorists came across the border during the same six month period last year when only six came across the border at our southern border. Uh, Trump comes up with things like this. He, he makes things up, and he makes them sound horrible and terrible. He lies to the American people. We cannot have the leader of our government lying to us or anyone else in the world. And he comes up with new things. When, 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 he, when he's in a corner, when he's in a corner, and he's in a corner tonight with this address he's given. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, he's in a corner. He'll come up with something new that we haven't heard with regard to this issue, and that will control the newspaper and the Internet tomorrow and, and the, the talk shows uh, on TV. Uh, he controls the news. We don't hear about anything else that's happening in the world, and he comes up with these new things that are generally a fabrication in order to take our attention away from that which we should be paying attention to, which now brings me to the shutdown itself. This governmental shutdown is in the 17th day today. This is absolutely wrong. This is absolutely stu stupid. If we can't run our own government and keep it open, how the hell are we going to help the world and direct the world? You've got 800,000 people right now, federal employees, that are not getting paid. 400,000, rather, have been furloughed. Now, what's a furlough? They got laid off, and they're not going to get paid. you got another 400,000 who are working and not getting paid, and hopefully they will be paid afterwards. They will be reimbursed for their time. Now, what the president doesn't seem to understand, he said this past week, he said, they're only Democrats. The federal employees who are out of work are not getting paid. They're only Democrats. Well, whether they're Democrats or Republicans or Libertarians or what have you, they're American citizens. And he is the president of all the people, all the people. And it doesn't seem to bother him they're not getting paid. Uh, he doesn't understand that most of the people not getting paid are not working in Washington, D.C. They're all across the country, and they're not making $150,000, $250,000 a year. These are people working for the federal government for thirty dollars or $40,000 a year. They are paycheck to paycheck. Their existence is paycheck to paycheck, like many people in our country. And they, to miss a week's salary, will kill them. It will, and they get paid every two weeks, the federal employees. It's going to hurt them terribly. You're seeing the stories already on, on television. I need money to pay for the therapy, the copay for my children. It's $90 for this, $80 for that. These are big dollars to working people. The man has no heart. He has no empathy. He does not understand. Now I'm going to briefly hit the tariff wars. We don't hear about the tariff wars that much anymore. You know, we go into these things, then because he comes up with something else, like the wall, we forget about the tariff wars. They're killing us, these tariff wars that he got us into, especially the one with China. We sold, I think, 25% of China's soybeans come from the United States. China hasn't bought one soybean since, I think, October or November from the United States because of the tariff that's involved. All right. So the farmers weren't aware we were going to have this tariff war, and they planted soybeans, wheat, and corn, which they would sell to, to China, Japan, and countries all over the world. 
These farmers had a prosperous business, our Midwestern farmers. Terrific business. What are they doing with the soybeans? You can you can save soybeans for quite a while. They've got them under tarpaulins and covers and in barns and here and there. Uh, I don't know if the wheat and corn can be saved, but they're not making any money. They have produced the product. The farmers produced the product. They planted the seed. They produced the product. It grew. They harvested it. And now they can't sell it because of Trump's tariff war. Well, he says, these people, they understand. They're with me. They know they've got to do this for their country. That's bullshit. These people are hurting. And these were his supporters in the last presidential election. He doesn't see that he's losing them. because You can't take... Food, uh, you can't take money out of someone's pocket. You cannot take food off the table. You do these things, you are in trouble. Now, let me show you, though, the people may be in trouble, the farmers, all right, Those, that 800,000 federal employees who are not going to get paid this Friday. But he isn't in trouble financially. The man has some money, though no one seems to know whether he's really rich or he's just hand to mouth on a million-dollar scale every week or something. He owns Mar-a-Lago. That's his place in Florida, where I think it was $100,000 to join. Now it's $200,000 since he became president. He is spent, our money is being spent foolishly on his behalf and on behalf of his family at Mar-a-Lago. And it's disgraceful the amount of money being spent. And here, let me share with you some of these numbers. There was a big New Year's Eve party at Mar-a-Lago. The president wasn't there. He stayed in Washington because he wanted to meet with the Democrats, and no one ever met. But he stayed Christmas and New Year's Eve, and apparently he was alone. Melania and his kids and their families were all at Mar-a-Lago for the New Year's Eve party. Well, Social Secret Service has to be there. Understand this. And the Secret Service had to rent tents for this party. They rented them last year also. The tents this year, and they were paid for immediately out of governmental funds, the rental of the tents was $54,020. $54,020. Now, the Secret Service required these tents for security purposes, okay? So they could do security checks and to provide a safe place for VIPs. Now, besides the tents, you also need generators in case the lights go out, and so you need generators and you need additional light towers, and so they had to get those. And that came to $41,000 in rental money, which the Secret Service paid also in the days before New Year's Eve. This is a party that the president could have had in the White House, and he wouldn't have needed the tents, and he wouldn't have needed the generator or the extra lights. Understand also the Secret Service. The law provides that their salaries are capped. Uh, they blew it last year, and they didn't get paid for a while. So this year the government raised how much they can make per person, per year, their salary. I don't know what it is. But the Secret Service was not paid after December 21st to the end of the year because they had reached the cap level. So they were working for free, watching the president and his family, and watching over everyone at this party on New Year's Eve. Uh, another thing I don't understand, last year, the generators and the lights and the tents only cost $26,000. Uh, 
I don't know why this year it came to $54,020 just for the tents and 41000 for the generators. I don't understand the big jump in cost. In addition to all this, our president likes to play golf. He used to knock Obama for playing, said he's played too much. This guy, Trump, has played more golf than anyone else. And when he's playing golf, and God bless him, he enjoys playing golf. He wants to rest. It's his own club, though. It is his own club. That club and the club in New Jersey are his clubs. He owns them. He can give himself any financial break he wants or, or the government a financial break. Uh, you know, because you can be a pig in these situations, and I think he is. Now, Secret Service has to go out on the golf course with him. And it isn't just one card or two cards. I saw this. I watched. I was in a group behind Vice President Quayle years ago. And we weren't playing with him. We just happened to be stuck following him. And I never saw some... These guys were wearing black suits, white shirts, and black ties. And they're two to a golf cart. And they were all over the course. <laughs> they're lucky enough to get hit in the head with a ball. Anyhow, he needs protection when he's on the golf course. And those carts are rented. And who are they rented from? Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago. He owns it. In last year, the year that just finished, the government our government, your government and mine, paid Mar-a-Lago just under $400,000 for golf cart rental fees. Now, uh, enough's enough. (laughs) You know, the guy's a pig, excuse me, and he doesn't seem to care these 800,000 people aren't getting paid. I'll tell you what else he did last week, and this is the salt in the wound. And I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, conservative, or liberal, this has to bother you. Uh, The federal employees, by law, get a raise every year, 2% or something like that, very minimal. And what Trump announced last week, he said, federal employees are not going to get their pay raise for 2019. He said, I am putting a freeze on their wages. We can't afford it. Oh, my God, we can't afford it. He put a freeze on every federal employee's raise, automatic raise, been given for years, because he says the government can't afford it, while all this money is being pissed away in the golf course in Mar-a-Lago. Moving on here, where am I going here? Oh, last night, oh, hurricane relief first, hurricane relief first, please. Uh, we're doing a lousy job helping the victims of Michael. Michael just occurred uh, three months ago. It cut through Florida into Georgia and then into the Carolinas. It's the third fiercest, the third worst such hurricane storm in modern history. Okay, it did a number. It went up to the panhandle in northern Florida. We don't hear much about it. Uh, just like we didn't hear a lot about Irma afterwards. I'm going to get into that very briefly at the end of this this tale. Uh, we don't hear about it because I don't think they're doing a very good job, the government. Uh, we, you know, if Trump was doing a good job taking care of the people up there, and it's the government's responsibility when there is a natural disaster to go and help their citizens. There's no other way of doing it. States don't have the money, counties and cities don't, and individuals don't have the money to recoup and rebuild. And Trump, would, in each time, I remember with Maria, with Irma, with Michael, 
and with the the fires in California recently. He went on television. He had FEMA with him. He says, don't worry, folks. We've got enough money. We're going to take care of this. The reality of it all is the government does not have enough money, uh, or they don't try to have enough money. Here's what's happening in the panhandle in three months. People are calling out there. They're screaming and saying, we feel forgotten by the rest of the country. They think we've forgotten them because they're not getting enough help. Mexico Beach City, Mexico Beach City, it got hit. It's the worst hit little community in the panhandle by Michael. Landfall, it was right there, and the winds were 155 miles an hour. So far, they got power and water back, which is good, but nothing else. Of the 2,700 dwellings, habitable dwellings on the in the community of Mexico Beach City, only 500 remain standing, which means we have tent cities, people taking the wood that's been blown from houses on the ground and building shacks. Now, they don't have any toilets. How many portable toilets can you bring in? So, going to the bathroom's a problem. Washing's a problem. They, they're not getting enough, and they don't have enough money. That They're still getting food off the back of the trucks. I don't know if it's sufficient, but they're getting it, and they're getting bottled water. Yet, there has to be some sort of a cleanup. Panama City is one of the larger cities up up in the panhandle. And the government isn't coming across with the money yet. And here's how the game is played. I learned this firsthand from Irma. Uh, Read my book. It's all spelled out in my book, Irma and Me, the only book written about Irma. What happens is this. The federal government, which can put the dough together, they can put the money together, But they have all these bureaucratic rules, and it takes time and paperwork and all this. So they say to the state of Florida, for example, you make a loan at the bank. And when we have the money available, we'll pay you back. And then the state has to tell the counties and the cities like Key West, Almorada, Big Pine, Kajoki, you go borrow the money. And when the federal government pays us the state or the federal government's going to pay you directly with something, then you can go pay off the bank note. Panama City just borrowed $50 million, made a $50 million loan that they're hoping the government's going to pay them back. The government's still paying back for Irma that's more than a year and a half old now, uh, money that the state of Florida borrowed and our other little communities. Uh, they needed 60 to $80 million up front. They got $50 million on the loans. The bank will always cut you someplace. And it's just for debris removal, debris removal. Understand, if you haven't lived through a hurricane, I've been down here for most of them, what happens is the trees come down. And you've got houses down. You've got boats down. You've got all this crap building up. And you got to open the roads first, so you got trucks coming through, people loading the trucks, bulldozers, and you push it all off to the side of the road. Now, there was rain when the hurricane hit. Then the sun comes back out. It's blazing blazing hot. This stuff stinks. You have no idea within two or three days how it stinks. It takes a month or two to remove it from the side of the road. Then they got to go ship it out of state somewhere. It's a real problem, debris removal. Until you remove it, you can't do anything else because you got to have clean roads and you got people got to be able to breathe. This stuff's full of animals and all kinds of bad stuff, disease and everything else as it sits there in the humidity and the sun. 
Now, a fellow by the name of Tim West lived someplace in Florida, not in the Panhandle, but had a friend living up there in in, uh, Panama City. And he and his 13-year-old daughter, this is a good story, and his 13-year-old daughter went up and brought food and water to the friend. Her house was totally destroyed, down, flat. It was covered in mold already. There was, she had no water and no sewer. Again, going to the bathroom is a big problem, let me tell you. And what they did, they helped her. And I don't know how this came about, but someplace, Tim and his daughter got some yellow paint and some paintbrushes. Understand that the trees were generally down. The trees, are all that's left is a stump. They snap in the wind, the hurricane wind. And they went around and they painted smiley faces in yellow on some of the stumps. It was such a hit and brought smiles to so many faces that they went out and found some more yellow paint, and they did it all over the city, and they brought some joy to some people. Now there's a city in the Panhandle called Mariana. Uh, It's known as the City of Southern Charm. Not big, only 7,000 people. Most of the communities in the Panhandle are very small. Their city manager is Jim Dean. He said this past week, and I quote, government is pulling out of rural America. Government is pulling out of rural America. Why? Because they're not getting the money they need. They're not getting the money to help them recover, and they're not getting basic dollars. FEMA can't help enough. The federal government isn't. They're not trying, okay? That's why you don't hear anything. If they were trying and they were doing a good job, don't you think Donald Trump would be on television and he'd be saying, look at the great job we're doing in the Panhandle. Look what we did for Mariana. Look what we did in Georgia. Look what we did in Big Pine and in the Keys. He doesn't do it because he ain't doing it, because the government isn't doing it, because he isn't pushing to get the money to put together. Now, something I didn't know I'm sharing with you. The Gulf Coast of Florida into Georgia, primarily into Georgia. They're lumber farmers. Lumbering is the big business, the trees. 2.8 million acres of trees. Guess what? Because of Michael. The trees are all gone. They're down. This was, not is, was a $25 billion a year industry, the lumber business up there. Jobs, it created 124,000 jobs a year. Those jobs are gone. There's no trees to cut. Some people will be kept, hopefully, for the cleanup if the government provides some money. That's 124,000 jobs. We don't hear about these things and what's happening. Uh, So that's what I wanted to share with you on that point. I want to talk about Clemson and Alabama. Whether you're into college football or not, it was one of the greatest college championship games of all time. Alabama, for years, has been the giant in college football. Clemson, two years ago, beat them for the national championship. But otherwise, Clemson's considered number two, Alabama number one. Alabama was favored last night. Clemson buried Alabama 44 to 16. Would you believe 44 to 16? Hard to believe. I watched the game. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Clemson played magnificently. They destroyed Alabama. Alabama couldn't do anything right. So today... Uh, on the campus of Alabama, there is no joy in Mudville. It's the only way to say it. I know it isn't baseball, but there's no joy in Mudville. There is a new king of the hill, and deservedly so, Clemson. Uh, their coach, Clemson's coach, Dave Sweeney, you know, he said, we came to play, and we beat a big team. And he said, and I quote, 
Tonight, we conquered a mountain that ain't ever been conquered. And it was very true. Tonight, we conquered a mountain that ain't ever been conquered. The quarterback for Clemson, this is wild, name's Trevor Lawrence. He's a freshman, a for-real freshman. He was playing quarterback for his high school team last year, okay? He was a star. We threw the ball. There was someone to catch it. I couldn't believe how accurate this guy was. Want to talk quickly about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I know we're just past Christmas, though. Uh, Let's start this way. Santa Claus has reindeer. Dasher and Prancer. I'm sorry, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. We didn't know about them to 1824. Remember, it was the night before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. That's where we first heard of them. We didn't hear of Rudolph, though. And that's strange, because in the song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, there's a line that says, Rudolph, the most famous reindeer of all. So what happened here? Well, it was 1947. Montgomery Ward's involved in this. And the previous Christmas, other retail stores like Sears had sold a lot of comic books. I'm sorry, drawing books, drawing books, coloring books. Uh and they said, we got to get in this. This is good. Christmas coloring books. So they got one of their people, one of their employees, said, get us a coloring book. And he came up with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And by the way, this guy became a multimillionaire later on because uh, Montgomery Ward gave him the, the copyright rights to it. And the man became very wealthy. But it was only a coloring book in 1947. The next year... Someone wrote a book about Rudolph. We don't have the song yet. Wrote a book about Rudolph, uh, which was very successful. And now comes 1949. We're going to talk about a cowboy, Gene Autry. When I was a little boy, I'm 83 now, when I was a little boy, back in the late 30s, when I was three, four, five years old, and probably the end of World War II when I was 10 years old, we used to go to the movies every Saturday. Every kid went to the movies on Saturday. All, only children were in the show. And by the way, when I started going to the movies in 39, I think it was, it cost two cents. When I was still going in 1945, the price had gone up to four cents for admission. Boy, are things different. Anyhow, you saw a cowboy movie. You saw some kind of a police and crook movie. You saw a serial, and you you saw a cartoon. Those are the four things you saw for your two cents and four cents. And the two big cowboys were Roy Rogers and Gene Autry. Gene Autry was my hero for some reason. And he used to sing on the horse. He had a guitar. He'd ride along while he was chasing the bad guys, and he'd sing some Western song. Well, Gene Autry's voice became very popular. He's known in history as the original singing cowboy, and he went into radio in the late in the mid forties when when I said 1949. He's into radio big time. Radio then was as television today. This was big stuff, and he recorded the song. Now they had written a song, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Well, I want to tell you something. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, sung by my hero Gene Autry, sold two and a half million copies the first year, okay, and became the second most successful Christmas recording in history, only behind White Christmas. Wild. Absolutely wild. Uh, 
I got a few minutes here for one more thing. I want to talk about a recent report by the United Nations, uh, and it concerns population. Now, I'm going to offend somebody by this report because it, it, my feelings are going to come up. But I understand I'm 83, and I'm a, I'm a bit old-fashioned. I am old-fashioned. I'm 83. I should be old-fashioned. Anyhow, this population report came out recently, and it said that 40% of all births today in the United States, 40% of all births in the United States happen outside marriage. That's pretty strong. See, I think people, most people should be married. Some can't be, and wives who live alone are doing a great job. But 40% is a big number. It sounds to me that there's a lot of planning not to be married when you're going to have children. And compare that 40% now to 1970 when it was only 10%. Anyhow, that's the show for this week. Uh, let me tell you about my book, Irma and Me. You know I wrote the only book on the hurricane. It was how Irma chased me all over all over Florida into Georgia and then into Alabama. Uh, I just got the numbers on the sales for the first six months of this year. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. Great numbers. Go buy my book. You'll love it. You'll love it. Irma and me, Amazon.com, $14.95, I think. Anyhow, that's the story for this week. Thank you for joining me. i got to go see what Donald Trump said. You have a good night. You have a good week. I'll be back next week.